You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much, as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, the Seminole Headlines begins right now. It's sponsored by our friends at Birch Orthodontics. My kids have an appointment next week. Both of them do. Uh, I think Bryce is going to have to get a little tightening action. He's also got a little chip that they're going to work on. So, you know, this is the uh, trials and tribulations that come along with braces. Everybody's got to deal with it. But you want people that are not only competent, great at their job, but also sympathetic and uh, the right demeanor when you go in and see him. My kids love Birch Orthodontics. They'll be going next week. All of Iris kids went to Birch Orthodontics, and Corey is thinking about going in two weeks to Birch Orthodontics to, to have his teeth checked out. So that's exciting news, too. Good job, Corey. That's not true, but do they even work on adults? Yeah. I guess they do. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm staring at your teeth. I'm saying, <sighs> hey, man, don't be rude. That's I'm, nice. I'm if, kidding. Hey, I'm kidding. Hey, if, your, if your friend can't tell you your teeth are jacked, then who can? They yeah. aren't jacked because half of them are fake anyway. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> How was it that anyway. happened? I had uh, two. Time out, two- time out. Birch Orthodontics, Ira. Go ahead. Thank you. Birchorthodontics.com is the website. Get a consultation for free. They'll help you out. They've got payment plans. So they're the best in the business. All Go right. ahead, Corey. Corey, your teeth. How so did that happen? The two, the two big teeth, the two front teeth, the two ones right next to those, I, I didn't have adult teeth coming in. For some reason, I wasn't born with adult teeth. So when my baby teeth, were knocked out. I was just gonna have holes in my mouth. There were none coming behind it. How'd they I guess, get knocked out? No, I mean just when they would. Your baby teeth get knocked out. Your you lose your baby. But they're teeth. usually forced out by adult teeth. Yeah, but I'm oh they pulled them okay. because they didn't want me to have baby teeth because that would look crazy. And it's hereditary. <laughs> my mom had it. That would have looked awesome. So yeah, I know. So <laughs> my my top six teeth are all fake. It's a bridge. So there you go. Little 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 uh similar headlines trivia for everyone if they want to know about my teeth. Can you take them out when you want? No. No, there's cemented in there. 
so so when uh I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but my father passed away a few years ago. It was actually yeah, uh, you and yeah. Corey's dad are no longer alive. Yeah, yeah that's right. true. My dad's been dead longer. So I kept I kept my dad's stuff, and uh, like a lot of it, I didn't go through. Keep his teeth. I, I didn't go through it a lot of it right away, but sure enough, I was going through some stuff this summer. I was cleaning my office, and there's a box of his stuff. And there was pictures, and it was all you know. It was nice. I spent a whole afternoon just kind of going through everything, and uh, yeah, sure enough, I found a container with his teeth, his false teeth. And I just left it on the, like, I was going to, I didn't know where to do with it. So I just left it on my desk, like with the lid on. And oh. then one of my kids came in and like, what's this? And opened the lid. Oh, those are grandpa's. Was, uh, <laughs> grandpa's mouth. <laughs> the, the look on her face. Yeah. It's good that you have a piece of your dad, though, Ira, that you yeah. can bring out hey, every now and again. So guys, just so you know that I, that I can relate, my dad's very much alive. I just talked to him yesterday at length. Um, but what I would tell you is Power that, teeth. Uh, oh, they're doing great. They're doing Good. great. Um, but, but I would tell you this, uh, I recently on Friday, we, we buried my mother-in-law finally, she's been dead since March. I'm not trying to be callous, but it's been a while with the coronavirus yeah. situation and we couldn't get everybody in town to, to have the ceremony. And she's now buried with my father-in-law at the veteran cemetery here in Tallahassee, which is a gorgeous plot of land. And it's just a, a gorgeous setting. But uh, we, we did that. And in exchange, uh, after all of this, uh, we got their ashes, uh, both of their ashes. And so I was able to hold my father-in-law and mother-in-law's ashes in my hands. And uh, I'm thinking about where we're going to sprinkle them, you know, and all that. But it's kind of weird. It's kind of strange. Do either of you have ashes? We do. We did. Well, we had my mom's and my brother's. We had, well, my so my brother and my dad both uh, were cremated and they're actually in a niche together in a, mm-hmm. in a cemetery in South Florida. Yeah. So they're, they're in a vault or whatever together. Um, but my mom wanted to be sprinkled in, well, I don't know if she wanted to, or we decided she did, <laughs> but, but she would have, uh, she used to love, there's a, there's a jetty in, in North, in, uh, Miami beach that we used to fish yeah. off of. Yeah. And so she, uh, and she, man, like we fish, fish off that jetty, a million times when we were kids. So very appropriate. Perfect. So we took yeah. her there and dumped her in the water. And then we found out later that may be a federal uh, violation well, to do no, that. I'm, but, you know. Hey, too late. You didn't just admit it so, on air either. Statute so of limitations good. is up. Yeah. yeah, we smoked my dad. Good, good. A you bunch smoked of, him. Yeah. You sprinkle <laughs> it on some ribs? Sprinkle on some ribs? No, I mean, we, we rolled it up in a joint and smoked oh, it. Oh, okay. So a little Keith Richards, he snorted yeah. his dad. So No, no, know. we just smoked it. Yeah. It smelled great. A bunch of uh, a bunch of FSU fans have either done or tried to do the things field. at yeah you know, the fields or stadiums or different places. So you got a lot, you got some options. I think back in the day that always seemed like a good idea to me way back in the day, but then it became cliche, kind of like asking somebody to marry you on camera at a sporting event. You're like, oh, yeah. it's been done. It's been done. Yeah. yeah, you should do that on camera at a sporting event. Bashes. Yeah, just run around shaking them out of her. <laughs> hey, Joey, it's your time. What do you want to do? <laughs> and you do like the LeBron James? Yeah, you should take your dad's ashes and do a LeBron. Yeah, just a LeBron everywhere around the people in your section. <laughs> you run into you run into Mike Norvell one day, and you're just or before an interview, like pull him to the side, and be like, Coach, um, I was really wondering, like after the first touchdown you guys score this year. Could you take these ashes just and, and just <laughs> sprinkle them? He, didn't know, would, he wasn't would, very decisive. He didn't care. The 10, the 50. Yeah, matter. it doesn't matter. It, it would mean the world. It, it really would. 
<laughs> You'd be funny if you did it in the stands as a fan. You, up and you just threw the ashes into the air, and people would be driving home going, Jesus, I got to get in the shower. I got Corey's dad all over me. This is ridiculous. Right? I won that game, or this would have really sucked. All right, here we go. First question. <laughs> so, hey, this is a long one, but I read it before we started, which is kind of rare. Yeah, yeah, very rare. I got to give uh, Cara, Kara, her name, uh, I, I got to give her credit. This is a, a wonderful and, and interesting post. So so here we go. Bear with me, boys. Hi, Jeff, Corey, and Ira. This is a Seymour. In light of the new truncated baseball season, what are some of your favorite recent baseball memories? So let's answer this question before I read the rest of what she had to say. Um, for me, it is very simple. Uh, being there... In Baton Rouge, just a year ago, watching the game-winning single as I filmed it and seeing Mike Martin go to the College World Series and watching the subsequent celebration. In particular, I happened to, to zoom in on where I was standing, Mike Martin Jr., who initially was going to walk out and join the pile, but then stopped and had paused to think and turned around and walked um, with a smile on his face to hug his father. And I saw it play out in front of me, and I thought, well, it doesn't get better than this. Yeah, that's a good one. That That's up there with mine, too, especially if we're just talking about uh, Florida State-specific. But then also being in Omaha last year with uh, Brady and Stephanie. That was really cool. That was a really cool thing to just get to experience with him, yeah, yeah. and her. Ira, your latest and best moment in baseball. He doesn't have any. Man, uh, you know what? Uh, coaching, coaching, and it hasn't been that recent. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just coaching. I mean, really every year. But the uh, the year that um, Rick and I mean, it's been forever now. Rick Jones and I were coaching in the Babe Ruth League, and we won the league title. That was uh, that was awesome, man. It was just cool to yeah. you know, 15, 14, 15 year old kids. Um, you know, I mean, we had a we had a stacked team. It wasn't a lot of coaching and managing <laughs> that won us the yeah. league. We were loaded. Well, you were managing but, uh, personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's that's what kind of like Joe Torre. Yeah, Joe Torre. Yeah, and Corey see me base so he knows what's up i know what it's like i do all right so the rest of her post reads as follows last season i was at home depot waiting in line for some paint while standing there another rangers fan asked me to give my opinion on the current season i proceeded to talk about bullpen issues injuries plaguing this team the man standing behind me began to chuckle as i turned around i explained my case to the gentleman he introduced himself as don and we continued to talk about our love for baseball reaching out his hand to grab some paint samples i noticed his ring Quote, that's a gorgeous ring. Why, thank you. I won it in 1970. Pausing, Don choked up. One of the most cherished moments of my life. Don and I continued chatting about baseball, what it was like to struggle, fail at times, then to reach for and achieve something greater than yourself. This transitioned into talking about life, family, friends, and day-to-day -day routines. As our supplies were ready to be picked up, we wished each other well and went our separate ways. A few weeks later, I received a note at work from a new friend. Here is to sharing moments with others unexpected in unexpected places. Thanks for everything you all do and for reading this long post. Go Knowles. So I clicked on it. I don't know if you gentlemen have, but uh, you'll see that the picture is uh, is is from Don, the, the aforementioned Don. And he played for the Orioles. And his name was Don Buford. And he wrote a handwritten note to her. Um, and, and so anyhow, his baseball cards in there. And, uh, I think this is pretty, really, well, it's awesome. Really cool. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So he lives in Tallahassee? Did, I guess she didn't well, say where she Texas. lived. She's in Texas. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's really neat. I just looked him up. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, he played for 10 years. That's awesome. Yeah, that's he played in the major leagues for 10 years. Yeah, that's a pretty cool thing. So we got that. And uh, just as a side note, um, there's a there's one, one of my oh, – damn it, man. I've lost the internet, guys. You're going to have to forgive me here for a second. But actually, it's a good place to break, and I'll come back and give you my anecdote. Uh, but that's a great first question and a great first uh, anecdote. Speaking of which, come back more Seminole Headlines in just a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So as I was saying before the break, I had a little side story there that Kara's story made me think of because of where it was. Um, there's a song, uh, by the way, by uh, an artist named Joe Henry called Our Song. And the opening line is, I met Willie Mays, I saw Willie Mays in a Scottsdale Home Depot. And it's a brilliant, beautiful song. Uh, and you can you can find it and, and look it up and listen to it. It's called Our Song. And it seems fairly appropriate to the situation we find ourselves in currently. Moving forward, Gabe writes, Jeff, Ira, and the captain. When yeah, the live right. schedule was released... My ire was immediately directed at North Carolina, not Notre Dame. As Ira blasted soon after, the entire triangle was shielded from Clemson. Not sure if it's rolling out there, Roy, years after years of fake classes without punishment or just their pompous fans. But North Carolina is about as entitled as any and deserve more disdain than they receive. What regularly scheduled fan base slash school other than UF and Miami fits this mold for you? That's a, that's a solid Solid uh, take there, by the way, about North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what do you like? What do you like about North Carolina besides? I mean, they're they they're good in basketball, but like, there's nothing you identify with North Carolina in general and be like, oh yeah, that's I love that about their football program or their athletic program. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, fan bases, like, I mean, you know, I say it having gone to the school and being a fan. But you might not find a fan base more entitled for something. They haven't won a national championship in 40 years. But Georgia fans really think they're more important than they are. They really think their program matters more than it does. I think that might be that might be contagious in the SEC because I was going to say Tennessee might be uh, might be up there also. Yeah, but God bless the Tennessee fans. I mean, what are they? You know, they they got, they're going to wear their overalls with no shirt. You know, you they live in the mount. They live in the hills. Like he, I might I might roll my eyes at Texas A&M a good long while. Yeah. I, I think that's high on the list of fans that make me laugh. Yeah, well, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I might, I, I'd say all the it. SEC that hasn't won a title in the last forty years that, that have been riding the Alabama coattails. Yeah, yeah, I'd say throw all of them into the mix. They're all annoying. Um, Notre Dame fans were. Uh, absolutely abhorrent when i went there last year they were oh, all really they, they sucked they were insulting their campus is overrated the stadium's a dump um and so in essence i uh, kind of rolled my eyes at notre dame okay well they're still in our conference kind of kevin Wright. no, no the, i meant in our the new conference uh, the new oh, yeah, super yeah, yeah. conference oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah well absolutely yeah we'll take their money kevin writes any full moon crazy stories from any of you three Better half is in the medical field and says the ER usually spikes in his numbers on full moon nights. Been big and bright of late, me being a morning person like Jeff. Uh, Other than I don't sleep, but I don't think it's caused by the moon. I just can't 
turn off my damn brain from thinking and worrying about stuff. And um, it was, it was spectacular Two, I think two nights ago I was taking out the trash and I was just like, man, it was a, sometimes, sometimes, man, I just got to stop and just kind of, yeah, which, look at the moon, which is kind of weird because like we've seen the moon 18 million times in our lives, but like still every time it's perfect and clear, like you kind of have to stop and look at it. How I, crazy is it that it affects menstruation? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting topic. <laughs> just like, doesn't it? Like, it's just the moon and it affects tides. Like, just the moon is doing things that we don't even, we can't even really understand and might not ever understand. Well, you think about the poles, Corey, and you can understand it a little bit more. And actually, there are people who do understand specifically what it's doing. Science <laughs> is an amazing thing. <laughs> you just You just can't know. You just yeah, can't know. It's just out there doing its own thing. Chalk it up to the heavens, sure. Yeah. Just, so, it's, I think we're seeing it, too much of that, Corey. You can know what it's doing, and we uh, do. I don't know what you're talking it, about. It's just hang, just hanging out up there. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, Scott writes, with Mike Golick out after 22 years with ESPN Radio, I was wondering if you gentlemen have a favorite go-to national radio host or writer. I know this is basically like asking the Beatles who their favorite band is. Well, that's a good point, Scott. Uh, you're yes. right. It's like, um, and it's them. Yeah. Um, well, there are plenty of writers that I absolutely enjoy. Um, I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of sports talk radio because I work in the field and it's kind of redundant and gets old. And by the time I get off the air, I really don't want to hear any more sports talk radio. I'm tired of hearing myself talk about sports. And Have, you, I, have either of you guys ever heard Phil Henry? Oh, yeah. But the, the man of a thousand voices. Oh, my gosh, yeah, man. He's the best. But now, that's different. That's a different. No, I know. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. But yeah. it is the talk radio format. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. Man, that guy. No, with you, I mean, like the only sports talk guy that really comes to mind is like Steve Zabin. I liked him. I think he does a good job. Um, what's that? Zabe's funny. Yeah. There yeah. are plenty of guys that I think do a good job, but I just don't actively listen to yeah. them. Partly for me. And I can't speak for you guys as writers. I don't know how you go about reading other columns and other writers. Uh, I know we all glean information and we have trusted sources, et cetera. Uh, but for me, I don't want to steal somebody's take. Like I, I learned early on when I broke into radio that if you listen to a series of hosts leading up to hosting your own show, you can accidentally straight up take somebody's thoughts. Like I, I did that more than once. I caught myself later on going, Oh shoot, that's not my take. That was so-and-so's take. I just happened to agree with it. And then I echoed it, you know? And so I don't, I that's why to, I don't, that's why I don't listen to Corey and Aslan. I'm waiting yeah, for chance. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, and obviously we haven't talked about him yet, but mad dog. Of course. Mad dog is a guy that we all like and love pretty, pretty uh, low key. And fine bomb. Mad, mad, fine bomb mad too. Yeah. Scott, if I was going to say uh, one that I enjoy listening to, um, I, I, I like Levitard's show. I, I, I listen to that on occasion just because it's a little bit different uh, than, than other talk shows. Uh, hey, Ryan, real, before you start a new question, I'd like to pivot back. It might be a myth about the moon administration. Anyway, go ahead. I thought it was brave, I thought it was brave of you to, uh, to go down that road, though. But, well, but, hey, it's a lot of stuff. You can't. It, it, it's, it seems like it's uh, people still uh, argue about it. There's still a great debate. No, not really. And and what I would tell you about that, Corey, is my response to you was hinting at the fact that you were crazy for saying that. Well, still, it's out there. It's definitely. Out there. It's out, hey, you're raised one way or another. I was raised uh, that. Definitely, definitely yeah. 
the comment uh, made by the guy that's uh, no longer married and has no women living in his house. Well, full time yeah, anyway. Oh boy. I can picture the people that were agreeing with you, Corey. Um, Ryan writes, fellas, what do you think about makeup games this year? If Trevor Lawrence and Travis ATN test positive Wednesday before FSU plays Clemson, does Dabo scream Mulligan or do they have to play it as it lies without them? Well, Ryan, here's what I hate to tell you. If they play that game without either of those players, Florida State still loses by 21. No, not by 20. You're crazy. Um, I will say it's not going to matter who the players are. It's going to matter the numbers of players that that test. And I am curious if there's going to be protocols. Like if the ACC has a certain number threshold that you have to hit to be like, okay, you're not playing this week. Is it six? Is it 15? Like what is the threshold that's going to keep an ACC team from taking the field on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, we don't know. It can't just be one, because if well, it's one, so, shut it down. Yeah, no, so that's <laughs> you've said that five weeks in a row. Yeah, I mean, but it's just, it's your underlying point. Yeah. If, if we're gonna shut it down with one guy, then why do we even bother? I love <laughs> it that you do that every week. It's like you're trying to tell the ACC and other schools. Please. But what I would tell you is that the second that the lack of depth affects the safety of the players, then they'll probably say yeah. we're at a point now where we can't continue to play. Well, uh, we'll recruit better then. Get some depth. <laughs> I'm talking about the sheer numbers, Corey, of people that aren't allowed on yeah, the Yeah, but I, what is that? Is that 10? But, well, that 15? The, the reality is you can, there's a lot of positions you can cross-train. I mean, you could put you could put some DBs out there at receiver. You can put some receivers out there at DB. I mean, there are things you could do if you had a an issue. There's you know, there's a couple of positions that, you know, if you didn't have a quarterback, then you, you know, you can't play. Um, but we'll have to see, man. It's all going to be, uh, it's going to be the fun of this season. Yeah. Is, uh, not you know, knowing. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, exactly right. That's, not knowing anything. That's the fun. That's the fun. Uh, Todd writes, what time frame that you covered the Seminoles do you think was the golden age for the school during your career? I don't mean this in terms of wins and losses, but more so the least amount of drama you encountered or heard about on the beat or behind the scenes. And it was just fun to follow the team. I began to cover the team in 1998, and I'm going to argue probably that 98 through 2000, 2001 uh, would would be that answer. Um, There's because, no other option. Like, what yeah. would you say? The Bowden years, when when every, when you know, yeah, it started going the Jeff Bowden years, and then Bobby, yeah. uh, and then no, Jimbo. Yeah, 98 through 2001 for me would have been. First of all, I was just wide-eyed. Also, secondarily. They were freaking awesome. And so just watching them kick ass every week and, and win virtually every game that I covered and to go to, to, to cover and, and, and watch a national championship and follow a team that goes wire to wire, the first to ever do it, uh, you know, I mean, that, that was fun. That, that would be the answer uh, for me. I think uh, 2020 is on track maybe to, yeah. to be the one. Um, no drama, really nothing, nothing off the field to talk about. There hasn't been one. When you think about no, Ari, your first I've been year covering. was Adrian McPherson. Yeah. You always had the Rick stuff. Who's going to play instead of Rick's. Then you had Jeff Bowden's terrible. Then you had when's Bowden going to retire. Then you had Jimbo coming to the mix. And, and then, then you even, had, and even when James. they won it all. Yeah. yeah. Even when they won in 2013, it was, uh, I yeah. would say of the, I would say maybe 2000. No, I was going to say, no, no. Nothing. No, 
2020 is it. It's as good as it gets. Hey, for basketball, this is the golden age. This is the golden age right now. This is yeah. an amazing We're time to be covering basketball. This is unreal. Uh, Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Continuing with headliner questions. Chris writes, hello, Jeff, Ira, and Seminole win. So at what point before we start the season did we get the infamous Corey Wren versus Corey Clark battle of the Corey's parking lot sprint? Wow. What do you guys have your money on? Could Corey Clark win if Wren was pulling a weighted sled? Thanks, and as always, go Knowles. Corey, I think you could win if Corey Wren was I do, too. How, how, yeah. how heavy of a sled? Anything over, I would say, ooh, 25 pounds. Oh, come on. If he's holding a 25-pound weight and he's running, dusting he's, he's dusting, dusting me easily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think like 35, 45. A a yeah. Sl- and yeah, if he's pulling a sled. Sled, man. Come on. Could it's he beat me team. running back? You think he could beat me running backwards? Yes. No. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. If Let's you're go. the slowest man on earth, then then he possibly could. He can't beat you running backwards. That's ridiculous. For and 40 I, yards? I, he, he runs at like a 10, 300-meter. Yeah, but I'm saying he's running backwards, Corey. He's not beating you. That's just so what, all hamstrings. He can't no. If we're running, what, what if, about what about uh, what about juggling? He's, if, if, he's, he's, if he's running while juggling, yes. is he allowed to drop what he's juggling? What if he's on a Zoom call and he's actually having to make a point? Like he's actually having to talk on a Zoom call as he runs. That's funny. There's nothing. I don't, I, there's no way. I guess in a in a hundred yard, if we're running a hundred yards. Hundred changes things. If we're running a hundred yards, he would have to have. I'd have to have a 25, 30 yard head start. Let me ask you this: So, could he beat you if he were hopping for forty yards? He just hopped as fast as he could hop for forty. For forty. I don't know. For forty. For a hundred. I don't know. I, that's tough, man. I, does he do it a lot? It's got to be something he does a lot. So you know when you watch the triple jump and you see the yeah. amazing strides? What if he's allowed to do that off of one leg and just alternate legs? All jump the jump all the way down for 40 yards? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's beat me. What if he has – what if it's 100 yards and every 20 yards he has to come to a stop and then start again? Like a, like a full stop. stop. Yeah, he doesn't have to wait for like two seconds, but he has to come to a complete stop oh, he's and then start again. Hey, he's dusting he's me. Dusting by the by the every, 60th yard, he's gonna wait till every, I catch up with him. Every ten yards. Every ten you know yards he has do. to come. I think the best part about this, Ira, what you're on to here is that he could he could do that, build up a, a big enough cushion, even within just a hundred yards, that he could then wait for Corey to catch him, surpass him by ten yards, and still beat him by ten yards yeah. at the finish. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, yeah, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Sean writes, what would be your thoughts on a move to the make the conference's division into a more geographically uh, alignment aligned conference with perhaps a north and south? What are your feelings on this? Sorry, Sean. We just re- we reorganized the entire country about He's got 30 done. minutes ago. Yeah, we, yeah we, we, we've saved the country. We don't care uh, about geography. But I guess if we had to. I mean, I, you know, the big thing is Georgia Tech, getting Georgia Tech in the in, – and I think going north and south. I mean, just just go north and south. Cut it in the middle. And the only problem with that is that, of course, we all know the better football teams are in the south, and so you're in the loaded conference the rest of the way, and whoever comes out of the north is easy peasy. And yeah, it's going to be BC, Syracuse, bunch Virginia. of chumps. Um, well, it's not like the Coastal's great anyway. It, 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, yeah, but at least there's the potential with Virginia Tech and Miami for somebody to be decent over there. Um, right now, man, if you did that, you would have to take – what would you take? Would you take Virginia Tech and put them in the South? I don't no, know. you put them in the in North. The, Virginia, the Virginias is kind of where the – Yeah, well, that's the cutoff broken. line, right? So it would be like BC, Pitt, Syracuse. Yuck. Virginia, yeah. Virginia Tech. Where are we putting Louisville? Uh, I, I guess Louisville might be up. I don't know my geography that well if we're doing it straight up north and south. You know where Louisville is, don't you? Is it above Charlottesville? <laughs> what? You can, you can, so, what? But I'm, <laughs> well, I don't understand why he put Louisville in the north. I didn't put him in the north. I said we're going to go ahead and put him in the south. So I'm, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I was confused. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thomas, Greg writes, with a recruiting class the basketball team is putting together for 2021, outside of Barnes, Evans, and MJ, who else are they expecting to leave? Also, Corey wants to know, starting lineup for 2020, I'm sure you've already jotted it down. I haven't, but Scotty Barnes will be in there. Um, MJ, Calhoun, Sadar Calhoun. Raycon, Raquan Gray. And probably Malik, I would guess. Maybe polite. Yeah, Leonard, you never know, man. He, he and it comes also up doesn't with, matter. It doesn't matter. He'll play the best players at the end, but who knows who he's going to start. I imagine maybe the Calhoun kid will come off the bench because he always wants to have the one really good player coming off the bench. And so he was asking who was leaving besides MJ, Scotty, and who was the third one he said? Uh, Raekwon. Raekwon. Uh, Evans. Oh, the, yeah, other, the other oh, Raekwon. No, Barnes. He also said after Barnes is leaving too. The um yeah, Scotty Barnes you would think is one and done. The uh the Tanner Nagom kid, I think is only one year. Um he's I think it's a one one year transfer. Um yeah, I think that's it. They're All gonna right, be Thomas. good. Yeah, they are. Thomas Rice, do you think the ACC will try to front load the marquee games to ensure they get played in case of an outbreak? I don't know, but I would. Yeah, I think they will. I think it's gonna be heavy, heavy uh I think you oh, said yeah. Clemson, Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida State, Miami, all those, all the schools that could do anything from TV are going to be in those first few weeks, just hoping that they get played. Wake, BC, mm-hmm. the big well, ones. Gonna, they're they're going to play to see who gets relegated first. I like this question <laughs> from Justin. Hey, fellas, any word on who FSU might play for the 11th game since it's clearly not going to be UF? What are the chances of West Virginia coming to Tallahassee? Not going to be West Virginia. The Big 12. Did go with the plus one model, but they've got the same rule that the ACC has where whatever conference school has to stay in their home state for that game. So uh, West Virginia is going to have to play somebody in West Virginia. Not a team from West Virginia, but whoever they play, it's going to have to be there, just like FSU would have to play somebody here. I, you know, I haven't heard, the, I haven't heard uh, anything definitively by any stretch. I did hear earlier that Sanford was still a possibility. Uh, assuming that they do all their testing and meet all the criteria. Uh, and, and if it's not them, I do think it's going to be somewhere along that level. It's not going to be a marquee game. I don't think it's going to be somebody that's willing to come here and for not a lot, not a lot of money. It couldn't be a marquee game. Like there's it. What could, I mean, it, couldn't. if you got somebody that, you know, uh, I mean, there's some, there's some, you know, the BYUs, there's some, you know, there's some independence. You could get Boise could, to come back again. There you go. Steal Let's do this again. Game, Let's run it back. back. Let's run it back. Uh, Jamie writes, to the trio of awesomeness, is the current situation enough to bust the bubble of college football as we know it? By the way, Jeff, I'm currently at Cinnamon Beach enjoying a week's vacation, and it's awesome. Damn right it is, Jamie. Enjoy the beach. Uh, Palm Coast is gorgeous. Uh, 
bust the bubble. Well, I think the bubble's been busted. I think we're going to see we're we're watching uh, right before our very eyes uh, stuff that I think leads to drastic changes uh, in 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 the current model. I mean, Stanford had to cut sailing scholarships. Jesus, man. I mean, you, you want to know how this thing affects us in real life, like real world, uh, you know, real world effects of something like this. It's kids not getting a squash or a sailing scholarship. But so, or fencing. But or fencing. In serious, fencing too. Yeah, fencing is done. In seriousness, though, and, and we haven't talked about it. I don't know if you talked about it yesterday on your show, Jeff, but but uh, like I was texting with Corey Naslon yesterday about the Pac-12 thing. Yeah. And like I'm in general, yeah, I'm with college football players, get, college athletes getting more than they're getting. I think it's obscene what the coaches make, but for them to make this ultimatum right now, when the entire endeavor may come crashing down, I mean, college athletics right now is pretty perilously close to completely falling apart. To make these demands now, wanting half of the revenue and demanding all these other things, it's just like. To me, it's not the time. I mean, Corey's argument was it's the right time because you've got their attention. You got there's, leverage. There's nothing. There might be nothing to give. This whole thing may be burning to the ground, literally. Yeah, I, I think what they have to do is get some of what they introduced agreed to moving forward. But to your point, Ira, there's nothing to grab right now. So, for example, the the $200 million revenue increase yeah. for the Pac-12 over the last several years is not what we're dividing up here. It's no. what they want to divide up moving forward. And but what they, they have... They can get agreements on that, though. Maybe, but man, I just think the timing is crazy. Um, you know, again, some of it's fine, but some of their demands I just thought were nuts, especially in this situation. Anyway, if I was an AD, looking at all the things they're having to look at right now, and then seeing that, I'd be like, you know what, man? I don't know. Have 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 a good life. I don't yeah. know. Again, the the counter to that is you're watching all these other professional athletes. They're splitting that revenue. They're splitting it. They, the NBA players aren't doing it just to be altruistic. They're getting yeah. paid for it. But there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that go into this model that you can't just change the, overnight. Right. But as long as you know that the model needs to be changed, not you. Well, that's one. what I was getting at. The that's model what? needs to be yeah. blown up and started Correct. start over again. We're going right. to do it in our new uh, our new league that we're starting. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, that's I think all this is making this more and more a reality. I think well, I think that actually, is. A, well, we were firmly tongue planted in cheek that this is all born out of the idea that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it'll that's happen eventually. You have to it's break going. away from this. And it's just preposterous that that it, it's always been preposterous that that they, these schools spend so much money because they didn't used to spend money. They have the same model they had when Bear Bryant was making one hundred thousand dollars a year. It's yes, the it's same the exact model. It's the myth of amateurism. We already know that. It's been well vetted. And, you know, this will be the impetus for drastic change. I think all three of us agree with that. To Iris point, it ain't going to happen in the next 30 days. Well, so, right. <laughs> so, so we go from there. We'll come back, wrap it up. More headliner questions forthcoming. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Spencer writes, fellas, would you rather FSU play only 10 games in the regular season if they are all Power 5, or would you rather the Noles play 12 games in the regular season, but only nine of them are Power 5, and the other three are cupcakes? This scenario should be considered in a non-COVID world. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I don't know, three cupcakes. Um, but Two I'd, cupcakes and a big cake. Well, this actually goes back to the question we were just uh, endeavoring to kind of address. Um, it, it, if we're going to blow up the financials system that we have with college athletics moving forward, then 
we're going to account for the fact that you no longer have to subsidize these smaller level programs, entire athletic budget by these one-off 80 point ass kickings that everybody schedules. So that comes. Sorry, Savannah state. (laughs) You're going to have to figure out another way to support your football program. If you want one. Well, and the the reality is, you know, we, when we were growing up, you had to, because of the games you had, but you had to win every game because you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't get in with two losses. Like, you know, there was, and then you go to like the BCS format or you go to the playoff format and the the rules have changed in terms of like what's acceptable. And if and if you go to this new model, and if you can get into a playoff because you've got sixty four teams, you can get into a sixteen team playoff with two losses, then you don't mind maybe playing ten great games or eleven sure, ten great sure, games. Absolutely, of, you know, yeah. Because everything you know, just it's changed. What's what's required of you has changed. Uh, Clint writes, good day, gents. In a normal year, FSU would have little to no chance in making the ACC championship game. But in this crazy no divisions year, the Knowles only have to finish second. What do you think their chances are of finishing second? Not great. But, yeah, they could still – like, usually if you lose to Clemson, which is a probability, you're done because you're essentially two games behind them. But now you could lose to Clemson, win the rest, and you get to play Clemson again. Drives me nuts to think how cavalier we are when we discuss losses to Clemson. I mean, I'm the knoll here, and I, I've got to tell you, it really bothers me that we just so readily say, oh, well, I mean, you're probably going to lose to Clemson. It's not that far removed where if you posited that, I'd be like, you go to hell. We're not losing to Clemson. Right. You know, we, we've we become what they were to us. And it's so brutal because every year Clemson fans would probably have a similar conversation. Well, we're going to lose to Florida State. But, you know, other than that, maybe they'll stumble along the way and lose two games after they beat us. Now we're over here just kind of accepting of the fact that, eh, well, we're going to lose to Clemson. But it's just hey, all- it's, it's the, I know. I got you, man. It's just hey, the, man, the world just, we live in. One, at some point, people are going to be able to block out the, will, the willy years, and uh, you won't feel that like that anymore. Steve writes, gentlemen, as I listen to the magic of your radio show, I think back often to getting hosed by having to listen to great Seminole games on the radio. My worst slash best experience was the choke at Doak while building the ice rink at the TLC C for the Tiger Sharks. What is your best slash worst sporting event you had to listen to on the radio? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, yeah, people aren't going to want to hear this. The wildest radio game I've ever listened to, I think, was uh uh well you know what you know it was a good experience was when uh I think it was was it 2002 or or four when they lost down at Miami and Rick Jones and the Osceola crew we were driving back to Tallahassee and LSU Florida lost it to LSU and it was like a devastating loss and so like we were mad because Florida State had played poorly and lost and we were having to write about that but then we got to listen to Mickey we got list to listen basically from Orlando to Gainesville, we got to listen to Mick Huber just devastated every time LSU scored and they lost. So that was a that was probably a, a, a cathartic experience anyway. I, I listened to uh, Dion's first game as a Falcon. We were coming back from Tallahassee. <clears throat> I don't know who they played. It was 89, but they uh, he returned the punt for a touchdown in his rookie season, his very first game. He had just joined the team after playing with the Yankees. And uh, we listened to that on the radio. And Larry Munson, the old Georgia announcer, was actually the Falcons announcer back then. He's like, my God, Deion Sanders, my God. And uh, that was pretty cool to be in my my dad and Shane, my buddy. We were all laughing because Deion had just 
taking a punt back for the uh, for a touchdown. And Ira, I want to remind you, we listened to the uh, kick six together on the radio. We did. You're right. Driving oh, back from that's awesome. That's a good one. Yeah, driving back from Gainesville. We listened to that. We li- It was the Auburn announcers, which I kind of wish I'd have heard the Alabama announcers now, but listen to the Auburn announcers were pretty, was pretty cool too. Especially since, sadly, one of them has passed away since. Oh, is that right? The Auburn oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is a bummer. He killed in a car accident. Yeah. I, can't, I was really racking my brain to answer this question, and I'm struggling because I can't remember too many times, at least as it – centers around big games that I was not watching. I, I suppose um, it would have been a college world series game for Florida state. I think I want to say I was listening to Lee Bowen when they had the huge comeback in that wild affair against Stanford in the college world series. Mm, all right. Okay. Well, that like 15 to 11 or some craziness like that. I, I, I yeah. think that was a game I was listening to on the radio and it was wild. And I remember thinking, this is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So that one. Um, all right. Nick writes, hey, guys, say you had $1 million riding on this question. How many games do each of you think will get played this year? Oh, <laughs> yeah, we get a million dollars if we get it on the nose? Um, oh, man. I wish it's not even fair to ask us before a game has been played. I'm going to say eight. I was going to say seven. I'll go with four. Cool. I thought um, you were going to say zero. I'm going to say four, <laughs> and I'm really trying to just play along. I feel like um, zero might be the, might be the money line. <laughs> uh, Wes writes, how will the beer corrals be managed this year at Doak? I'm pretty sure someone got COVID from there last yeah, season. that might have been where it started. <laughs> That's the wet market. It didn't come from China. It came from the beer corral <laughs> at Doak. <laughs> Some bat flew in there. We have bats in Tallahassee, too. Man, that's good. I like it. Um, uh, Nick writes, uh, no, no, I already answered that question. Okay, Mike writes, what two things have to happen for FSU to go eight and two? Separate answers. Quick, Corey, go. Uh, ooh, uh, the defense has to improve by at least 50 spots in the national they, rankings. Which, which we've already established is going to happen. Right. And put up a sign in the beer corral when they do. Yeah. That's we great. Already, we already have the sign. Yeah, we do. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, somebody quarterback. Something's got to happen good at quarterback. Who's going to be the quarterback for them to go eight and two? Has to be who has to be the quarterback? Uh, I'll go with they got to block somebody. Mm. Got to block somebody. It'd be helpful to block somebody. Then all the rest of this stuff can happen. It's going to happen, Jeff. It's going to happen. Uh, they're going to block somebody. Yeah. They're going to block a lot of somebodies. And this, then I'm in on the season. Let's go. Let's go. Now that we're going to block people, we can play actual football. You want to play more than four games. If if the offensive line is decent, who are you going to be most mad at? Uh, uh, Randy uh, Randy Clements, Kendall Bryles, Willie, or uh, Greg Fry? Greg Fry. I don't know. I I just think, yeah, it's not all of them. If it could just be slightly below average, actually, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad at any of them at that point. There was so much dysfunction for all of them to deal with. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them a pass, save for the ultimate leaders there, and 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 just move it along. I won't be, I won't, I won't live in the past, Ira. I won't do it. I'm still hey. kind of angry at Trickett. Like literally, that was the one position where they didn't get five stars every year. Like any they, year. Any year, really, but every other position, yeah, you're getting Dalvin Cooks and yeah. Jalen's, and and no, we're getting- but but offensive line became like it be- I, Florida State got a reputation of just two and three star dudes. Yeah, and it's like, why are you doing that? 
you're getting back to something that I had to go through on a daily basis 20 years ago, which is once you start down that path, you got to get mad at the head coach. I know. I used to get mad at Jeff Bowden every day, and then I finally went, okay, that's on Bobby. Well, I used to get mad at Rick Trickett, but Jimbo Fisher refused to do anything about that. All right, here's my my last uh, proposition. I know we got to go. Jeff's going to cut us off. Corey, because this is a take on your proposition. Okay. If Willie agrees to not take the 18 million, will we will we put FAU in our super conference? No. Yes. No. Absolutely. <laughs> Corey will no. do anything to get that 18 million. Back. Yeah, you get 18 million off the books. No. You, you're gonna want to. You're gonna want teams you can beat. You don't want all great teams. Everybody's gonna go six and six. He's, you gotta he's, have some teams in there that go two and ten. I think. The- I think we should spend this evening going back and listening to what we did with our cuts. I was really proud of our cuts out of these conferences. I think we may have to reconsider some things the next time we meet, but had a lot of questions are loaded for bear next week. We've got really good answers. Once again, we uh, told Boston College, Wake Forest, Rutgers, Washington State, Cal, Oregon State, Vandy, Missouri, Mississippi State, Ole Miss to go to hell. Yeah, that's the problem, Ira, is that we don't want it to become like the Olympics, where the city that gets it is the one that has the biggest bribe. I don't want to start the precedent (laughs) where FAU gets in just because they bribed us the best, because then that opens it up. I think with the Zoom call, you should get on the microphone like a last call in a a bar, be like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You can't stay here. (laughs) Yeah, and then just end it. Good luck with your conferences, boys. Recording Clark and Iris Chappelle. I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be well. Seminal headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee Sports Monster.